We've been talking to you about this, too. Um, November is National Adoption Month, and we've kind of chatted about this for, I don't know, maybe two, three years, having Drew and Brittany Hashley come in and talk with us about their family. Drew is on the Indianapolis Police Department. Brittany holds down the big fort at home, which is no small job, and I know that, so absolutely kudos to you. But they pulled up this morning, unloaded the Winnebago, all the kids tumbled out, came in the radio station, and they are here to talk to us about their adoption journey. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we got to turn your microphone on. There we go. (laughs) He just did a Kelly. (laughs) I did do a Kelly. Look at that. Oh, no, we're glad you made it. How was your drive, by the way? It was pretty good. Um, The snow wasn't too bad, and only when we got on 53rd Street did it look real slick on the roads. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of heinous for us driving in this morning, so I'm glad you made it safely. Yeah, grateful for that, because you got, you got precious cargo. You have uh, a number of children out there. So do tell us. Tell us. Give us a picture. Maybe, Brittany, just give us a picture of what the family looks like. What's the structure? Well, we have eight children, ages 1 through 12, five biological and three adopted. Wow. That is a small window of time for all of those ages. It is. Man alive. That and every is, one of them is just stinking cute. Yeah, they are adorable. They came through single file as mm-hmm. they came into the studio, and so they're precious. So tell us a bit about what a day in the life of you guys' life is like. Well, uh, I get up early in the morning. <laughs> um, I usually wake the kids up and tell them to you know, kind of start waking up, and I go out and I milk the cow and by the time I get back in we get breakfast going have some devotion time and then the kids go feed their animals that they're responsible for the cows and the chickens and the pigs and then we sit down for school and kind of lose it after there sometime (laughs) don't really know what happens after there but somehow school and the rest of the meals get done and by the time Drew gets home most of that's done and we can enjoy family time in the afternoon and evening I'm thinking with a a large family, and I mean, you obviously have a a small farm, basically, is what you've got. That's got to be, how how does having that kind of a situation, that kind of a living situation, a farm, help you with with the number of kids that you have? Because you talked about them having animals that they're responsible for, and these are the best behaved, sweetest kids, and they're such a big group. I'm just fascinated with them. They're so cute. Well, thank you. Um, I honestly think that moving to a farm was God's intent for our family for the better. Um, I think with the dynamics of our family that if it weren't for our farm, um, we would have struggled a lot more. Um, Being outside, working, taking care of animals, having responsibilities, you know, down to the younger kids, having responsibilities to keep another animal alive has just really brought our family together and has just enabled us to create really good family bonds in a way that we never could um, before we before we lived out in the country. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Um, want to talk about the adoption journey. Because yeah. you, you mentioned you've got a, a mix of kids, some biological, and I know you've done international adoption. Uh, you've done foster to adopt. Drew, I would love for you to jump in on this. We'll, we'll start with you. Where did that... Where did that seed get planted in you and Brittany that you said, you know, I really think maybe adoption is where we need to go? So even when we were dating, you know, everybody always has the conversation when you're seriously dating, like, do you want to have kids? Do you want to you know, live in the city? Do you want to live in the country, the suburbs or whatever? And you kind of start planning your life. Brittany and I both had a desire for adoption at the time. Um, I'd had a best friend of mine growing up. 
his sister, which I never viewed as adoption uh, mm-hmm. adopted, even yeah. though she was Asian, um, you know, grew up knowing that and seeing that in another family that I really admired and respected. And so it's something we both wanted to do, um, even from when we were early on dating. <clears throat> so, how hard was that uh, that road? Because I know that you started with international adoption, and that's that is a journey. It's yeah, it, it was true what everybody was telling us with, you know, if you're planning to adopt and you're thinking international and you're like, man, and maybe in two or three years, it'd be great to, you know, start a family at that time. You need to start that process years earlier because with our experience, we were initially going with an Ethiopia program to adopt out of uh, in Africa and during that time, um, the Hague Treaty was a really big uh, push for a lot of these countries to start getting onto the Hague Treaty, which is like a like an ethical um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a accountability mm-hmm. uh, through governments you, working together to make sure that kids are being legally adopted, that there's not any sort right. of bad practices going on involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were with Ethiopia. And for like a year or so, maybe two years, uh, waiting and waiting and filling out paperwork. <clears throat> and then we ended up getting an opening with India. They said, hey, India is starting to adopt again. Hasn't for years. Um, and you're way down on the list. Do you want to jump over into that program? You'll be way up at the top of the list. And so we prayed about it. And we thought, you know, it doesn't matter where the child's from. It doesn't, you know, it's not like trying to get some sort of a token or a trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trying to find a child that one needs a family, needs to be cared for, but needs a family that's going to reach them with Jesus and mm-hmm. teach them about God's love and hopefully, hopefully, help secure their salvation and lead them to being, you know, a godly family when they grow up. So. Yeah. We went through uh, with India, um, and it's neat because Brittany actually has ties from being young of going over with her family to India to a deaf school multiple times, um, and they went and they would do sign language, teach American mm-hmm. sign language, and come back. So that was just kind of a just a neat little connection that we had with that. So that is cool. I love those little markers. Yeah, you know, one in twenty-five families in the United States have adopted children in them. They actually account for one. Every, you know, when you think of a schoolroom uh, or you put a, the kids in an assembly hall, you know, one in every 50 of those children are adopted. And that is just to think of that, the need here in the United States and around the world of what that means of giving the opportunity for a child to know the love of Christ, right? It's not just that we get to care for them, we get to care for their life needs, we get to train them up and set them out into the world to hopefully become, fingers crossed, productive members of society, but that they know, ultimately, the love of Christ in their life, right? Because they're made in the image of God, and they may not have otherwise had that opportunity. So adoption is really an expression of God's love for Mm -hmm. us, because it really does mirror what he does to us when we come to accept his son, and yeah. we get adopted back into the family that we originally came from. So you mentioned that, how important that is mm-hmm. uh, to teach a child about that. How have you seen that 
uh, change their mindset, right? Because sometimes children come into a family all different ages, even out of adopt, uh, out of foster care. If we adopt out of foster care, they may be of a older age and they don't know who they are. They've been had had a lot of mixed backgrounds that have caused them to have this skewed understanding of who they are. How have you seen that change the lives of the kids when you're able to just express this is who you truly are? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. Um, even if you're adopting, whether it's an infant or an older child, um, they are, th- there's just grief built in. Even a baby yeah. that's hours or minutes old um, or, you know, we adopted our, our children were – Andrew was three, uh, and then when Karina and Caden joined us, they were three and four. Um, And it's hard. It's hard. I mean, as adults, we struggle to deal with grief, and then you've got this little kid that's trying to deal with it, and you're trying to get them uh, assimilated into your lifestyle and how everything works. It can be really difficult for them. And so there's times where we've tried to – you know, use common sense and be like, well, this is this makes sense. Here's the explanation. And that doesn't work as well. But when we bring it back to the gospel and we bring it back to adoption is a good thing, not because of any bad or any trauma that happened or the reason that you're not with your family from before, whatever that reason is. Mm-hmm. Adoption is good because it takes you and puts you with a loving family, hopefully. And then it's a representation, like you were saying, of us being adopted into the family of Christ. As Christians, we are inheriting the the prize of God, God's son, which we don't deserve. And so we can use that as a kind of a tool and a reminder. And it it, it humbles us and and Mm -hmm. puts us in perspective when we can settle down and start just refocusing on this is about God. This is about um, doing his will and making sure that, that that's what we're focusing our children on. Yeah. And Brittany, I want to ask you, um, I'll let you address this because I'm curious. I know you had biological children before you adopted, and you've since had more biological children after adopting. Um, how did how did your kids receive siblings coming in that, mm, that are adopted? Yeah. What what was that? Was that a challenge for them? How did that go? Um, <clears throat> the first time we adopted, um, we only had one daughter, and she was four at the time, and we had waited three years for her younger sibling and she was just over the moon with excitement that she had a little brother now um and then the next time we had we went through foster care um we had three kids and they were once again just so happy to have more siblings um i think the lord just went before us and um yeah they just it was just this is what it is this is your brother or your sister and Mm -hmm. they didn't know any different it was whether it's yeah, through birth or adoption, these are your siblings, and this is how God created it, and it's good. I love that because you were saying a, a few minutes ago too, Drew. Uh, you were just talking about um, y- y- the the, fa- the family that you knew with a child who was adopted that was Asian. Um, you just accepted that. I mean, you never saw them as adopted, and I'm I'm sure that your kids don't see their siblings as any different from them. You're just family, yeah. and you talk about such a powerful lesson in God's love. I mean, they are living it out firsthand, and we get to see it firsthand, and that is amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about it, you know, what God creates in families and how many people have been affected by that, because there's about, I think statistically, it's about 140,000 children are adopted in America every single year. And when you think of how that changes 
family, you know, dynamics. You you mentioned grief. There's that challenge. We all come from somewhere, and there's a whole you know emphasis then on how do we integrate this new child into our existing family, and for them, it's got to be sometimes maybe even a very scary process for them. Tell us what it was like, because the children were younger when you had adopted them, but three and four years old, especially as a mom understanding, you know, these children have had these experiences. This can be a very scary situation. And then you drew as, as you know, dad over your family to look at that and see, you know, this picture of this family coming together, but knowing that, yeah, there is some fear in there for each of these kids, how do you gently bring them into that fold? What was that like for you guys? Well, we were very intentional when we brought our son home from India. We were very intentional to create a little bubble in our own little world and just protect him and keep it just, this is our family. He didn't even know the language. This is our family, it's just us. We don't have people over, we're not going places and just creating a very safe and comfortable familiarity for him. and the second time when we went through the foster system, our our other son who had only been adopted less than two years, we were very particular. Um, foster care is a great and wonderful thing, but because of our family situation, we weren't able to foster kids in and out of our house because we didn't want to, our adopted son to get confused over his status. So we mm-hmm. were very particular to only foster kids who are going to be likely to stay with us permanently. Yeah. Um, and so, once again, we were just very careful to show our children, you know, of course, we don't ever know what's going to happen, but, you know, this is our family. There is permanency here. You are a part of our family now, and we are going to protect you um, and give you a safe environment as much as we can. And this conversation is flying by, and we, we've only just got a few short minutes left. Um, Drew, I'll let you start with this. Um, my question to you would be, what would you say to couples that are listening right now that are one considering adoption or two um they've thought about it but there is a fear in their hearts about it what what word of encouragement would you give them um i I guess the first thing that just pops into my mind is that um the bible tells us you know take care of the orphans and the widows and it commands it's not a question so for us, we know everybody has their different ability to take care of other people, whether mm-hmm. it's a donation of money or helping somebody, you know, in your church that you know is a widow. Um, for us, we just took that as adoption. We need to adopt. So if you're if you're thinking about it and you're fearful, um, that's where we were probably all the way up until we were on the plane flying to India, and then when we're in India trying to you know go through the everywhere to to get paperwork done and to pick our son up eventually for the first time. I mean, it was terrifying in a lot of ways and it was so amazing and wonderful and and looking back on it and just seeing all the ways God has blessed us and how each of our fears, he was able to create something brave and strong out of each and every one of our fears. And it was nothing of what we were doing. It was Mm -hmm. just God through through his power, through us. Wow. What a spiritual lesson for real. Yeah. Tremendous. Hey, we just found out, by the way, because we well, then to let all of you know too, oh, we're we were. Them. <laughs> <laughs> if if it's okay with them, uh, we were going to talk with Serene Hudson at eight o'clock, and she has had to cancel. So hopefully, we yeah. can get her rescheduled. Are you able to stick around for just a little bit more and chat? Is that good? Uh, you have a hard time getting me to shut up. So <laughs> all right. Well, that is the plan. Where we left off a few minutes ago, um, we had Drew talking a little bit about 
what it's like to adopt internationally and some of the challenges that are related to that. But Brittany, um, I would love it if you would chime in on this because fear is a legitimate experience that potentially adoptive parents have. They don't know what to expect. Can you share some of the hurdles and things maybe people that are, are just getting started on the adoption journey, journey that they would benefit from this knowledge? What would you say? I, that's a really good question. Um, there are lots of fears. There are lots of hurdles that can be um, can be present. Um, I would say that for us, the biggest thing that we experienced was just you have a child coming to you no matter what age they are, they still experience the trauma and the loss of their biological family. But the longer that they were away from you before they came to you, the more things developed in their life, whether negative or positive, and they come into your life with these past experiences. And now, oftentimes, you have to retrain them. And retraining is a lot harder than training. Um, So for us, it just took a lot of persistence in retraining a lot of, you know, childish negative behaviors that that are around if you are not consistently, you know, disciplining or training up your child well. And so for us, just persistence and perseverance and knowing that down the road, we would get, we would see progress. And we would often have to look back at like, let's look a year ago and let's see, we made a little bit of progress Mm -hmm. in the last year. You're not going to see progress overnight. Uh, One of the really good rules that we always try to remember when we're feeling discouraged about issues that we're facing with our children is that they need to be with you longer than they have been apart from you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the magic number. So if if our child came to us at the age of four, you know, ideally after they turn eight, then we would kind of, a, a switch is flipped and we're kind of like, oh, they've been with us longer now. We've had time to impress upon them. You know, this is our family life. This is how we live. These are how things go. And we start seeing a lot of improvement. So just perseverance, knowing that, you know, the Lord is going before us and helping us through um, those things. What about for the two of you specifically as the parents? Because I've got to think that there have been moments where um, with your adopted children, that um, and and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm guessing you know given the challenges that are involved, there had to be moments where maybe you felt that you were being rejected by the child just because they've been through the trauma. How did you process the end of that? Yeah, there were <clears throat> there were definitely some moments where it you know it feels like okay, well I'm the one who's here sacrificing for you day after day, dealing with all the stuff. Um, and you are grieving for somebody else. And that definitely, in my selfish, sinful state, that definitely hurts. But I have to remember that, you know, God created us to have a natural bond with our biological mother and, you know, any other biological family. That's how God created it. And this is a broken, sinful world. And they've lost something that's a part of them that they can never get back. And so, you know, we grieve with them for that loss. And we know that it is not any anything against any anything against what we are doing they are not rejecting us they are grieving the loss of something um and we i cannot fill that void for their biological mother that they lost Mm -hmm. i can be their present adoptive mother now who takes care of their needs and comforts them and that is exactly what they need right now but only god can comfort them in that other in that other loss right now 
he can fill that void and help them through that. And it's nothing personal against us. It's just, it's a broken, sinful world. And God has, you know, redeemed them through adoption, you know, in our family and through adoption to him. And we just, you just can't take everything personally. Yeah. It's National Adoption Month, and they've come in to share about their adoption journey with us today. I hope you've been here for the whole conversation, because it, uh, it is just neat to see your family. All the kids are here today, by the way. Yeah. How many again? Eight. Eight. <laughs> they, they both look like, okay, is, are they, you going to talk first? Is she going to talk? How many kids do we have? Who wants to say that number? <laughs> I, I didn't know you were going to ask me a math question this morning. Yeah. So. I know it's too early. No math until after nine. Oh, my goodness. You know, we've talked about the impact um, – of adoption on a child and then the impact on you guys as parents. But there are people who are probably listening right now somewhere in the process, either just it's their first notion. Maybe this is the thing that is uh, God's using to speak to them because they've been walking through a season where uh, they're trying to grow a family or start a family and, and things aren't going uh, in that direction and God's plan for them may be adoption. This might be the first time that they're hearing that and it's triggering that. Or there's somebody who's pretty far down the process. They've made the book. They've shared mm-hmm. their family. And they've met with children, and maybe sometimes things haven't worked out. I know families who have, um, you know, in the process of adoption, even internationally, where things have just fallen apart in the last, you know, 11th hour, right before they're set to get on a plane, something happens, and everything about it falls apart. So there are some fears and challenges that go with that. So what would you say to encourage someone that is either at the just the the notion of adoption or even far down that process what would you say to encourage them uh in that to overcome some of the natural fears that we have of going through this process um the biggest thing that stands out to me is you'll never be wrong doing what you think god is calling you to do in your life no matter what that is so if you're feeling maybe God's calling you to adoption and you're praying about it and you know God's giving you that peace in your heart or you know you've got friends who are who are open and encouraging to you or maybe not but you feel in your heart that this is what God wants for you 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 will not be wrong doing it um, now don't go make like a foolish decision if you're trying to get debt paid off and you're in a, a hole or something there's a practical reason we're maybe putting it off for just a short time or pursuing it, but being careful, obviously, but, you know, just the biggest thing for us in, in both of our adoption journeys, um, is that I don't think we ever felt ready. I think each, each step, each pile of paperwork, each notary we had to go visit for the, you know, 300th time was frustrating. Um, you know, going through the trainings that you have to do to get uh, a, 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 law, a foster license. Um, I mean, it, it was it was not fun. Uh, it, it, it was a lot of hard work, I should say. It was fun because we knew the outcome was going to be. But, like, going through that was, was work, and we had to work through it. Um, and we just had to not let that bog us down. We had to kind of keep our eye on what we were doing, knowing and praying and seeking God in it, saying, God, is this still what you want for me? And and God will allow it to happen. If you're like, oh, you know, there's this or that, um, you know, 
the family, you know, what if they, the other kids don't accept the new child? Or mm-hmm. what if my uh, ad- uh, adult family members, cousins, uncles, whatever, don't don't appreciate or adopt it? Or, you know, unfortunately, we do have issues where um, people have prejudices that kind of pop up. We've had, you know, nothing real bad, but we've had just a couple things said before by people that we love, nobody real close to us, but um, where it's like, you just got to stand up and correct that thought process. Mm-hmm. You got to not, you got to not let all these fears dictate yeah. what you do. You got to let God dictate what you do. Yeah. And he will get you through the fears. Yeah. That is absolutely great <clears throat> advice. Um, we were asking earlier, and I wanted to touch on this. I wanted to back up for just a minute because, um, Brittany, when, when I was talking to you about um, having biological children before and after adoption, and you just said your kids were, all of them, uh, along the process, they were just excited to get new siblings. But I'm curious, too, because I think this has got to be a question in um, the minds of parents who are considering adopting or fostering kids and, and who may already have other kids in the home. How did you, even though they were excited at the thought, but how, how did you go about preparing them? How did you bring them into the discussion about adoption? Because, you know, you're, you, you've got kids and they wake up one day, you don't want to just have a new child, child suddenly appear in the house. That's a little disconcerting. Who is this? But they've got to be part of that conversation somehow. Yeah, we we included our kids when we were just, you know, in the still thinking about this phase. You know, we're thinking about doing this or you know do you know do you know these other friends at church they've adopted have you ever thought about you know what it would be like to have an adopted sibling or um, bringing it into the conversation in a a non-threatening not too close of a way if we were amazingly supported by tons of other examples in our church and our community of other adoptive families so that kind of made it feel normal to our family Mm -hmm. Um, we also you know bring in scripture you know this is what God calls us to do. As Drew said earlier, we felt strongly that the Bible was, you know, calling people to care for orphans and widows. And we felt that God was calling us to care for the orphans. And so we've just told that to our kids over and over. How can we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's this, you know, remarkable connection. And you see adoption all throughout the Bible, right? We look at the life of Moses and under threat, he's placed in the basket and floated into the river and he's adopted into the home of Pharaoh. And you have. Um, when I think of uh, Samuel, who was given by Hannah to Eli to be adopted and raised, and uh, Mordecai, who raised Esther, right? That's the adoption. It says that she had no father nor mother. And, and you think of that, this has just been going on for all of time. Um, and when you even think of the birth of Jesus Christ himself, right? Uh, that we have this birth that Joseph is there. And he is truly the adoptive parent, and he we have this picture of what that looks like, that circumstances are not always perfect. They weren't perfect around the birth of Jesus, right? We're talking about livestock amongst you know his birth and the most meager of things. And so in that, though, there's this beautiful story of someone who cares enough to actually be that person and do that. And that's the picture of what you guys are doing. Uh, and it's the picture of what every family does. Um, you know, personally, on my side, my mom is adopted, and I'm so grateful that somebody did that because, hey, I would not be here without that. And that's a remarkable thing. And when you think of what the alternatives to some of the stories might be, uh, God's grace and his mercy and his compassion flows out literally in the story of adoption and through you guys. And so uh, I've, you know, 
I'm very, very grateful for you guys sharing your journey and your story as you look at all those kids out there who mm-hmm. are smiling, playing, and hanging out. And I know it's not perfect. They throw things, they get into arguments, they fight, and they bicker between each other. And I'm sure that's just part of raising kids, no matter who they are. But I'm um, very grateful for you guys, just your authenticity about it and your vulnerability to share about mm-hmm. adoption. Awesome. Now I hear them out there having a good time. It sounds like a party's going on and we weren't invited. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, we'll have to get a whole picture of the clan and all of the people together and put it up on Facebook. And that yeah. way you can see who we are talking about. But uh, we do want to point you over to kellyandsteve.org under the resources tab. We'll link up some adoption resources. Mm-hmm. It is National Adoption Month.